the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies. Strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, that's the hype. Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning, good morning. <laughs> well... All of us here in Northeast Ohio know that when it comes to the weather, we just have to wait and see what happens next. This past week, we needed our winter coats one day, our spring coats the next day. Oh, but wasn't it a wonderful where we did manage to get outside and just see the sunshine. The beautiful days couldn't possibly be better. The tulips are out now. And every blossoming tree seems to have blossomed, basically blossomed overnight. But all good things come to an end. Well, sort of anyhow. This weekend, there are are chances of rain for both Saturday and Sunday are up. I know, I know, April showers, spring may flowers. But what's with the colder temperatures again? Well, right now, we're almost in the start of May, so nine days away. Well, we could all remember times when it snowed in May, so that's no guarantee of anything either. I guess it means we'll just get stuck indoors to do our chores, and while we're at that, we can go over our investments and see how the, they can help us achieve our financial goals. This week, equity trading was sluggish as investors began sorting through the what they've got in the first quarter earnings results so far. Uh, investors are estimating that the profits among companies in the standard and poor 500 will be down 6 or 7%, uh, you know, for the first quarter. And uh, that compares to a 10% rise uh, in last year's first quarter. So the underlying concern is that the Federal Reserve's year-long increase in the federal funds rate is pushing the economy towards a recession. So far, 10 of the 11 sectors of the Standard & Poor 500 experienced 
decline, so led by real estate and consumer discretionary and financial sectors. Uh, recession fears have intensified recently. Uh, last month's sudden collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and the, also the Signature Bank have uh, spurred worries about potential strains in uh, bank lending and the willingness of uh, businesses to hire and households to spend. Uh, the Federal Reserve will meet on May 2nd and 3rd for their Federal Open Market Committee meeting. That's a little over a week away, and there is speculation regarding their uh, decision. Many are betting on another one-quarter percent federal funds rate increase, followed by a pause uh, where they keep the federal funds rate constant for, you know, maybe uh, five, three or four uh, months, right? It depends upon what they want to do. But they're basically the, uh, the bet is that they'll pause it at uh, five to five and a quarter percent uh, for several months. And uh, then the, the that's the best guess, according to the uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange uh, future market trackers. And uh, others argue that there could be uh, another one quarter percent increase in June as well as May. And uh, basically, time will tell. Uh, one sector, the good part about it is that uh, the Federal Reserve is getting close to the end of raising the rates. In other words, here we're talking about going over the last year, well, over 2022, they raised it almost 5%. You know, they went up from almost zero at the start of 2022 to almost 5% at the end. Here we are uh, talking about the May increase will bring it up to five and a quarter, and maybe a June increase will bring it up to five and a half. But uh, I, best guess is, is that that will be the end of it, and they'll be done their lifting of the rates, and uh, um, and uh, so that'll that'll settle down, hopefully settle down the bond market, which will. Uh, again, the one less distraction for the stock market. Uh, one sector that clearly shows the impact of the Federal Reserve increasing the interest rates to slow the economy is existing home sales. Uh, the National Association of Realtors reported on Thursday that U.S. existing home sales decreased 2.4% in March from the prior month to a seasonably adjusted annual rate of 4.44 sales, 4.44 million sales. Uh, that, in addition, that uh, March sales uh, fell 22% compared to March a year earlier. March marked the 13th time in the previous 14 months that sales have slowed. The housing market has been surprisingly, had a surprisingly Strong February, when sales rose uh, uh, close to 14% from the previous month. But after mortgage rates ticked up higher, March sales resumed the uh, extended period of uh, decline. The housing market slowdown is now starting to weigh on prices, which have fallen on an annual basis for two consecutive months 
And that's the first time in 11 years that that's happened. The national median existing home price decline of nine-tenths of 1% in March from a year earlier to 375700 was the biggest year-over-year price drop since January of 2012. Still, it's, they're talking about a drop, but it's more... It's more like they've reached a plateau in pricing. Now, according, uh, you know, according to the uh, National Association of Realtors, that's probably not true. Uh, you know, those those are national numbers. That's probably not true for the Cleveland area because I think we have a uh, we didn't go up as much and we won't go down as, as much as. Uh, uh, other areas like uh, the Arizona and Florida, and California, and places like that. So next week we'll see the Case Shiller Home Price uh, Survey, and that that uh, one of the places that they examine is the Cleveland market, metropolitan area. Overall, the U.S. housing market has slowed dramatically in the past year as uh, rising mortgage rates and high home prices and persistently low inventory. As frustrated buyers, uh, you know the cooling economy with a stubbornly high inflation and the prospects of a recession in the next uh, twelve months is keeping some buyers on the sidelines, and uh, consumers uh, also borrowed less uh, following the collapse last month of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and. Uh, that's according to a Federal Reserve report that came out on Wednesday. So uh, mortgage rates have fluctuated in recent months. It's hitting a, a 20-year high uh, above 7% in the fall. I think it was about, uh, yeah, I think it reached about 7.2% in October and has come down since then. The average rate for a 30-year fixed uh, mortgage was uh uh, 6.39% this week, and that's up from 5.11% a year earlier. And that's the first increase after five straight weeks of decline, according to uh, Freddie Mac. So what you're seeing there is that, uh, uh, you know, the interest rates were coming down a little bit. Now they're starting to move up again. I'm looking at 6.39% this week. The latest the numbers as the yesterday were 6.43. So it's in a 6.4% number for the 30-year mortgage rates. And uh, uh, global equities were mostly mixed this week uh, with a sideways drift in the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial, the Standard and Poor 500 and the Nasdaq composite were all down for the week. Uh, and the UK, in the UK, the FTSE uh, uh, 100 was up, while in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the stock Europe uh, 600 were both up for the week. Uh, equities were mixed in Asia. Japan's DK 225 was up for the week. And in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major 
U.S. stock indices uh, closed the week at uh, Dow Jones, closed at 33,808.96, and it was down uh, 0.23% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,133.52, and it was down one-tenth of 1% for the week. And the NASDAQ uh, closed at 12,072.46, and it was down uh, 0.42% uh, for the week. So basically, the, the basically the markets kind of moved sideways uh, this week. The Federal Reserve, uh, you know, the, one of the things that came out this week was the Beige Book, and the Federal Reserve has been driving the bus uh, with regard to this economy with their interest rate increases, and uh, that continues to impact both the stock and the bond markets. Uh, the increase in the federal funds rates or overnight interest rate has raised the fear of increasing rates could cause a recession. And this week, the Federal Reserve published their beige book in preparation for the next Federal Open Market Committee meeting on May 2nd and 3rd. Uh, The beige book shows current economic conditions and prospects in each of the 12 Federal Reserve districts. And each district addresses important economic parameters and activities in their districts, such as, hey, what does the uh, labor market look like? How does how do the how does the economic activity in your in your uh, neighborhood look like? So let's talk about prices, consumer spending, manufacturing, real estate, construction, financial services, and basically community conditions. All these things are each individual. Each individual bank, Federal Reserve Bank, uh, puts together a narrative that addresses each one of those. And then they, the Beige Book is they basically put all those uh, 12 narratives together and uh, write a summary for it. So it's published eight times a year, about two weeks prior to the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. That's what it's basically for. It's kind of like, hey, this is the, according to our uh, banks that are spread around the country, this is what's happening in the country. So it gives them some sort of a basis for making their decisions. Of course, they, they've got a lot of other data and uh, uh, presentations that they go through in their meeting other than just the Asian book, but it gives a, a picture uh, of the economic activity in each of the uh, 12 Fed Reserve districts. So uh, the Fed's latest base book, which is based upon information that was collected on or before April 10th, uh, indicated uh, seemingly little change in the U.S. economy, reporting that overall economic activity was little changed in the uh, uh, recent weeks. And uh, they noted that uh, contrary to reports of a sharp drop in spending following the uh, March bank crisis, uh, 
uh, and that was confirmed by the drop in the March retail sales. The Beige Book reported that consumer spending was generally seen as flat uh, to down slightly amid continued reports of uh, moderate price growth. Uh, some details are that the auto sales remained steady overall, with only a couple of districts reporting improved sales and in inventory levels. Uh, travel and tourism picked up across most of the country this period. Uh, manufacturing activity was widely reported as flat or down, even as the supply chains continued to improve and transportation and uh, freight volumes were also flat to down, according to several districts. Uh, on balance, residential and real estate sales and new construction activity uh, softened uh, um, modestly. So the most insightful comments in the Beige Book addressed the bank sector in general uh, following the March uh, bank crisis, as well as the loan volumes and the demand. And in there, the Beige Book, they found that uh, conditions in the broad finance sector deteriorated sharply, uh, coinciding with a recent stress in the banking sector. Small to medium-sized banks in the district reported widespread declines in loan demand across all loan segments. Uh, credit standards tightened, and uh, noticeably for all loan types, and loan spreads continued to narrow. So deposit rates moved higher, and finally delinquency rates edged up on residential and commercial mortgages. So all those things are going to end up with tightening of the uh, credit markets. Uh, lending volumes and loan demands generally declined across uh, both consumer and business loan types, and several districts noted that uh, banks tightened lending standards amid uh, increased uncertainty about uh, uh, liquidity. Uh, part of the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, is the fourth district, and uh, uh, their their paragraph with regard to the uh, banking. Uh, crisis. I mean, we're not talking about the banking crisis. It's not really a, not a crisis like 2008. It's more like, hey, you had two banks, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank uh, and the uh, Signature Bank, uh, uh, go down. Uh, it's a it's a it's a, a blip versus what happened in 2008. But according to the, their section, economic activity was generally flat. In the fourth district, and developments in the banking sector appeared to have little impact on either recent economic activity or credit availability. Uh, one dealer hoped that more manufacturer incentives would increase demand, but he cautioned that higher credit standards had become an additional headwind, um, basically for uh, potential buyers. So the idea here is that. Uh, all in all, the, the banking uh, system is tightening up its credit uh, strictly because of the 
problems that they ran into in those two banks. So the regulators are regulating more, and the management of the banks are are uh, on their toes more, and uh, uh, that's adding adding more power to what the Federal Reserve is doing in terms of uh, rate increases. In other words, we talked about the Federal Reserve increasing the rate, uh, maybe increasing the rate a uh, quarter of a percent uh, at this meeting in uh, May 2nd and 3rd. Uh, there's been estimates as to all this banking uh, tightening due to this uh, uh, banks being more cautious. Uh, what would that be in terms of a rate increase, an equivalent rate increase? And there's been numbers anywhere from a quarter of a percent to a half a percent. So it is a it is a factor in helping uh, the Federal Reserve uh, uh, slow down the economy or tighten up the economy and slow to try to slow down inflation. So it's helping the Federal Reserve uh, uh, operation in that regard. And then you also see that uh, uh, the concern, again, is that uh, everybody talks about a recession uh, and everybody ends their discussions with it would be prudent to prepare for a recession. So most of your companies are basically uh, keeping an eye on what's happening in the, the uh, you know, the costs and the prices and the business activity around them. Uh, the small businesses I know were, uh, they were complaining, I guess, a couple of weeks ago about uh, credit availability and things of this nature. Uh, and they had been complaining for this last year or two years about uh, finding uh, uh, qualified help, but uh, now they switched gears to complaining about. Uh, well, not complaining. They're they're they're, they're focusing on what their problems are, and some of the problems are this uh, this uh, credit situation, and then focusing on the uh, uh, is there going to be a recession or not? Uh, I typically look at. Uh, the conference board's uh, leading economic indicators as an indication of a lead indication of whether a recession is in the is in the uh, cards or not. We did a good job in in uh, December of two thousand and seven. You know, the, uh, that was two, December of two thousand and seven was the start of the. 2008 recession, uh, even though, you know, Bear Stearns, uh, Bear Stearns, uh, had a, they collapsed in the, in the summer of 2007. So, but the leading economic indicators are an indication of, a good indication of, uh, of a uh, recession. Uh, this last recession that started with a pandemic was so short that there was really no notice. Uh, you know, it happened in, in uh, October, not October, it happened in uh, uh, January, February when 
the COVID of 2020 when the uh, COVID hit. So there wasn't any warning at all. It wasn't an economic thing, but it was uh, uh, the impact was economic. So basically, uh, the leading economic, the conference board's leading economic indicators uh, fell to its lowest level since November of 2020. And according to their senior management, uh, the business cycle indicator at the uh, conference board, uh, the uh, uh, the leading economic indicator fell to its lowest level since November of 2020, and that was consistent with uh, worsening economic conditions ahead. Quote, the weaknesses among the indices, the index's components were widespread in March and have been so over the past six months, which pushed the growth rate for the leading economic indicator deeper into negative territory. Only stock prices and manufacturers' new orders for consumer goods and materials contributed positively over the last six months. The conference board forecasts that economic weakness will intensify and spread more widely across the U.S. economy over the coming months, leading to a recession starting in mid-2023. That was the end of of the quote there. So that's their uh, assessment using their proprietary uh, indicators of where of when the uh, you could possibly run into a recession. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. You can give us a call. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. Uh, and stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you can give us a call. Our toll-free number is one 
281-281-1110. Now, what is... Yes. Fire away. Okay, well, the first thing, uh, uh, <laughs> try not to panic. <laughs> I, you know, the most pressing concern about someone, you know, who's unemployed and, uh, you know, there's a gap in their possible, you know, there is going to be a gap in your health insurance. The first alternative is to find a, 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 a health insurance plan. Now, uh, certainly one of the first considerations is your spouse's uh, health insurance plan, if you could join that. And uh, if that's not an option, uh, maybe it's possible to stay with your former company's health insurance, you know, for up to 18 months through that COBRA. Uh, that's, a, that's a national law that they have to allow you to stay on their health plan for basically 18 months. but it, it's a somewhat expensive option, and uh, you know because now you're you're responsible for uh, the the cost. Uh, so both of uh, your cost that you've been paying, and your weekly or your monthly deductions or whatever your whatever you get paid, plus the company's contribution. So uh, the company generally contributes something to your. Uh, health insurance, they won't be contributing that if you're on the COBRA plan. You'll be paying the the full full freight for your uh, health insurance, which can be pretty stiff. I mean, you're you're talking uh, uh, generally a good uh, uh, health insurance plan uh, for a family generally runs about fourteen fifty fourteen or fifteen thousand dollars per year. So. It'll be, it's an option, okay? So, and uh, uh, newly uh, unemployed Americans are also eligible for the health insurance through the Obamacare. You know, you can go on the uh, health care exchange, so uh, you don't have to wait. There's no, uh, you're unemployed. Just get on there. Just the first you got to do is, is look and see what's available there. And, uh uh, just go through the uh, healthcare exchange and see what's available there and start putting together the numbers in terms of uh, healthcare and, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, what it takes to get on your spouse's uh, health insurance, what COBRA would cost you, and also what's available on the uh, healthcare exchange. And that's Probably, I would think the cheapest would be the the spouse's health insurance, followed by the uh, uh, the healthcare exchange, and then the COBRA would be last. But uh, uh, just start to go through those things, and uh, don't be deterred by the very fact that the numbers could be fairly high. And but hey, 
you know, if you, if, you know, the, the advice is always that uh, you make sure that you're covered uh, with good health insurance. Otherwise, the health bills, the health of the health costs could be astronomical. So uh, look in those three areas, Scott, and, uh, uh, and as far as the rest of it, as far as uh, finding another job, uh, one of the one of the things that, that uh, I found with my clients and myself, if you're out of a job, uh, start to talk start to talk to your network. In other words, when I say network, a lot of people just figure that that's your professional network. But start talking talk about family. Uh, let people know that you're looking for work. Uh, you know, your uncles and aunts and cousins and, and people and everybody has uh, uh, ideas out there. They could be just the very fact that they know that uh, a job is a, or maybe a, a plant is uh, uh, putting on another shift or something like that. Or uh, there's job opportunities, a slot here and there that uh, in their own business. So. Uh, start getting the word out and uh, 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 have, have other people help you looking for other work. Don't, uh, don't just think you've got to do it on your own. Get your, get your network going. Uh, people, people want to know who they can help, you know, particularly family, and uh, uh, they'll be glad to help you in most cases. So uh, good luck. and. Uh, uh, get to work. Get to work and and work hard and fast. Okay, this is Jim Mackley's. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. Our toll free number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you know, when we started off the show, we always start off the show talking about uh, uh, what's going on in the uh, stock market and then the economy and, uh, uh, you know, and, and to give us a, a broad picture of, you know, the environment that our investments are working in. Uh, but that's only part of uh, the the financial plan. Let's call it the macro part. The micro part is your own personal financial plan or your family's uh, financial plan, and that is the plan that says, "Hey, what are my goals?" Uh, certainly, everybody wants to retire. Everybody wants to retire in the future, uh, and they want to retire in a you know in a secure uh hopefully uh moderately prosperous fashion and basically so you look at your goals and i just mentioned the retirement goal you know when you approximate when you're going to retire 
you know approximately what benefits you'll have. You'll maybe you've got a pension, uh, maybe you've got a uh, a four hundred one k. You certainly have social security, and don't let anybody tell you that social security will be gone. It'll be there. Uh, so you have those things and you put together and say, okay, uh, how much of a, a nest egg do I need either in my 401k or in my, uh, uh, investment accounts, my brokerage accounts to get there. So then you start to say, okay, now I've got to have a, a method by which I'm utilizing my paychecks, uh, to funnel money into, uh, investments that'll grow over a period of time and use compound interest to get me where I want to go. And you do, you do that for your retirement. You do that for uh, just about everything you want to do if you're uh, just coming out of school. Uh, that is the matter of your goals are pretty, pretty immediate. You're looking for a car and an apartment. Uh, but then you start to look at bigger goals in terms of uh, uh, getting married and uh, starting a family and buying a house. And then uh, uh, you got this whole uh, standard of living with the house payments and the uh, education costs and everything else going. Uh, you're still doing basically the same thing, and that is so much money is coming in the door uh, either through your uh, wages or your rental properties or your gig work or whatever, and you're allocating it uh, to different pots that uh, uh, you invest in different things that you hope to grow over a period of time. So, uh, that plan, you put together the plan, and you basically, it's a roadmap that you could follow. You you might follow, you might be 30 years old, and you're going to follow this road plan until you're 95. But after a while, you get to know uh, what that roadmap looks like, and you use it to uh, gain the confidence that you're uh, going according to plan. Or uh, you also use it to make uh, decisions with regard to, uh, can I afford uh, a vacation home? Okay, you take a look at the numbers and uh, what do you want to give up? Do you want to give up the the, the kids' education? No. Uh, So you make decisions about what's in the plan. You, You thought about it, worked on it. Uh, really justified the things that are in the plan, that justified the cost that you're going to have to pay for these goals. And uh, now you're, uh, something comes along, you want something new, what are you going to give up? And a lot of times you'll find out that it's a good, uh, gives you confidence in making those decisions. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's the other half of, you know, uh, the the your personal goals uh, and the family goals are the most important things economically and financially uh, that you have going. So 
you need the roadmap, and uh, this is basically what we do uh, for a business. So uh, we've done, done it for thousands of people, and we're doing it for, for more. So uh, uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. Our toll-free number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, we started the show talking about uh, real estate. And, uh, you know, there's there's basically in residential real estate, there's existing uh, home sales. And uh, the National Association of Realtors, they, they present a lot of good information with regard to the status and what's going on in a, a national scene as well as a kind of a regional scene, too. So uh, uh, they put uh, information out with regard to existing home sales, and here they, the data regards refers to completed transactions. And uh, uh, that includes single-family homes, townhouses, condominiums, and co-ops. And uh, uh, existing home sales fell 2.4% in February, uh, to an annual rate of 4.44 million in March, and uh, basically year over year, if you compare March to March of last year, sales are down 22 percent. And uh, when I mentioned completed transactions, uh, that's uh, those refer to closings, and uh, not merely to the acceptance of an offer. Uh, subject to uh, financing and inspection. Uh, so the offer and acceptance were probably done uh, in for these sales that we're talking about right now. The offer and acceptance of the, the thing was probably January or February, and now they're closing in March. And according to the... Uh, uh, their chief economist of the National Association of Realtors, Lawrence Young, he says, home sales are trying to recover and are highly sensitive to changes in the mortgage rate. Yet, at the same time, multiple offers on starter homes are still quite common, implying more supply is needed to fully satisfy the demand. So, it's, uh, in his words, it's a unique housing market. And uh, uh, a uh, persistent home sales problem is the number of homes for sale. Uh, uh, for example, the total housing inventory registered at the end of March was up about only 1% from February and only about 5.4% from a year ago. So if you take a look at the unsold inventory, it sits at 2.6 months supply at the current sales base. 
and it uh, unchanged from February. So that number should be more like four. That should be number should be more more like five, and it's basically two point six months. So uh, Lawrence John also commented on home prices in the sense that quote home prices continue to rise in regions where jobs are being added and housing is relatively affordable. However, the more expensive areas of the country are adjusting now to lower prices. So now with the stress in the housing market, home prices are no longer increasing and have basically reached a plateau. Uh, The median existing home price for all, these are national numbers, for all housing types in March was 375,700, which was a decline of basically less than 1%, nine-tenths of 1% uh, from uh, March of 2022. So prices uh, climbed slightly, basically in the Northeast, the Midwest, and the South, but they dropped in the West. And in today's market, uh, homes continue to move. Uh, properties typically remain on the market for 29 days in March, and that's down from uh, 34 days in February, but up from 17 days in March of last year. So the good part about it is that 65% of the homes that were sold in March were in the market for less than a month. So and uh, uh, according to, you know, the sales, the thing is slowing down home prices, the, the 10-year mortgage or the 30-year uh, fixed rate mortgages are something like 6.4%, somewhere around 6.4%. So let's go, to the, uh, let's go to the phones. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Can I help you today? Um, Hello, yes, Jim. I would have. Appreciate if you could answer uh, my question. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you loud and clear, Ruth. Go ahead. I can hardly hear you, so you'll have to speak louder. Okay, okay. I'm an older senior. Okay, I'm an I'm an older senior, and all my investments are in fixed income, and uh, I'm concerned about the debt, and with all my money uh, in fixed income, how would uh, if the government defaults, how would this affect my money that I have in banks, annuities, funds? How would it affect me as a senior? I, I don't think it will affect you at all. Okay, that, that might seem rather cavalier, but uh, basically what you're looking at right now is a political maneuvering by... Uh, the president and the Senate, which are democratically controlled, and the House of Representatives, which is republicly controlled by the Republicans. And the uh, Republicans have put, to get, put out a, an offer that says, hey, uh, we're amenable to uh, extending the uh, the uh, the uh, limits uh, for another year, and but we're going to put a, a limit of uh, we're going to extend it by a, uh, 1.5 uh, trillion dollars for another year. 
And, okay, uh, that's only for another year. So when the year is up, uh, I'd, I'd still be back to worrying about the, the same thing. Uh, I didn't live yeah, in 1929. Yeah. Is that comparable, if the government defaults, is that comparable to what happened in 1929? No. 1929 was a case of uh, you didn't have the FDIC, you didn't have the Federal Reserve. You had you did, Well, you had the Federal Reserve. But the Federal Reserve did do squat in uh, uh, that time, 1929. In fact, they uh, they did worse than that. Uh, to me, that was a case of uh, ex- excesses in people uh, borrowing. Uh, and this is not just the federal government. This was everybody. Excesses in throwing money around. The times were good. People overdid it. And when the crash came, there wasn't any safety net. Basically, what happened was that the banks closed up, uh, called in their mortgages for the homes, for the farms, for the manufacturing companies. Uh, People were put out of work. It was a disaster. What you have today is a political fight between the uh, parties. That's it. In other words, basically, uh, they'll resume it. You know, we had the same thing happen. I forget when. Well, when Obama was in there, uh, the same thing happened. They negotiated right down to the wire, and then they finally uh, agreed. So the worst thing that happened the last time we went through this is that uh, one of the credit uh, uh, companies. Uh, I don't know which one it was, Fitch or uh, Standard Poor or somebody, uh, dropped the credit rating for the U.S. government from AAA to, to AA or something, which didn't amount to a hill of beans. So to me, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, lose any sleep over this thing at all. It'll be so resolved. you actually think that you actually think that the banking system is stable. And, um, well, if they start to make cuts, they got to do something with, uh, with this debt. Do you think there's a possibility that they would cut Medicare and Social Security? No, no, because Medicare and Social Security like, are, are like the third rail. Uh, nobody's going to touch them. The only time that you're going to even get close to making some realistic changes in in the Medicare is that uh, uh, or Social Security is that uh, if these two parties can get together but the, the 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 probability of that is probably zero for the next several years because one thing that'll happen is that one party will say well uh, we can we can make this change. And the first the other party says, "Oh my lord, they're going to get rid of Social Security and, and Medicare." The end result is that nobody touches them, and uh, but you know that they have to be fixed. Uh, when will it happen? Well, you you've got probably another ten years uh, before the Social Security. Uh, will basically have to be cut uh, from 100% of the benefits to maybe 70% of the benefits. Okay, so I have one other guess, question. With, 
Would you advise staying short-term or going a year on investments? Oh, I'd go long-term. I'd go longer, you know. Uh, right not now, knowing, not knowing, I, uh, not knowing what's going to happen. So you would lock up more than a year on your investments, like yeah, CDs yeah, in a bank, more than a year. Oh, uh, more. You like CDs? CDs. Uh, uh, right now, you could probably get some good uh, 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 CDs anywhere from uh, six months to a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay, so would you go? So would you go a year or longer on CDs? I I go. I, I say I go a year and a half. Year and a half. You, I didn't I've hear seen, you. I, I I've seen some good numbers for CDs at uh, a year and a half. Okay, I mean. Okay. You're talking three or you're talking four percent. Okay. Now, FDIC is broke. They have a they have a hundred years to pay off any depositors. So how secure is really FDIC when they're broke? FDIC, FDIC is part of the federal government. In two thousand and eight, you saw them pay out more than they had in their till. At which point they go to the U.S. Treasury, and the U.S. Treasury gives them whatever money they need. Uh, to to make uh, to take over banks and to get them started again. So I, I wouldn't worry about any of it. I I, <laughs> I, I look at it uh, and the FDIC the FDIC is strong and it has the backing of the U.S. Uh, Department of Treasury. Uh, the banks are strong. Either the banks are the biggest banks are as strong as can be, stronger than they were in 2008. The smaller banks, uh, uh, they're going to have to do, do some regulations, but they'll be fine, too. So I'm going to have to disappear. Uh, Ruth, is it? Okay, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate uh, the information. Thank you so much. Okay, Thank you, you have a good day now. And don't you worry too. Everybody Thanks about so much. Bank. Thanks a million. Bye. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, this is this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. It was once said that when people watch the evening news, the news reporter. Off, always opens their broadcast with good evening and then proceeds to go on and tell us why it isn't. It's been said that for every one thing negative a person says to another person, that individual needs to say seven positive things back to that person that they spoke harshly about to cancel out that one negative comment. So in that spirit, we need some words of encouragement. Remember, don't let people steal the joy from your life. Look for something positive each day. Then, always believe good things are on the way. Things will get better. It may be stormy now, but remember, it never rains forever. And the best things in my life are the people that I love, the places that I go to, and the memories that I make. 
And when you're feeling down, take a deep breath. It's a bad day, not a bad life. Then a single thread of hope is still a powerful thing. Remember, anyone can find the dirt on somebody. Be the person that finds the gold. And the question is, why do you close your eyes when we pray, when we cry, when we dream, or when we kiss? Because we know that the most beautiful things in life are not seen, but are felt by the heart. So, choose to be happy. A happy life does not mean everything around you is perfect. It means choosing to be happy, despite the fact that life can never be perfect. So... There's only three things that people need in life, water, food, and compliments. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.